1: All right, Hour 2, coming to you from WFAN in New York and across the country on CBS Sports Radio. Coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. These are challenging times, to say the least, and Rocket Mortgage is prepared to help. If you need mortgage assistance, contact their team 24-7 at rocketmortgage.com. From their home to yours, the team at Rocket Mortgage is with you, and uh, it is a good time. To get a mortgage, if you're a young person who can afford a mortgage, has a pretty good credit rating, go get one and lock one up because you will never see rates like this again as long as you live. You can never see them lower. I mean, they might be as low. They'll never be lower than they are right now. I don't see us having uh, real negative ratings, although in this day and age, who knows? I mean, anything is possible. Uh, CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line, 855-212-4227, 855-212-4CBS. Sponsored by Geico. Geico has introduced the Geico Giveback, a 15% credit on car and motorcycle policies for current and new customers that will last for your full policy term. So visit geico.com giveback for information and eligibility. Go get your money back from uh, Geico and uh, do it right now. Scott Pioli joins us as he does each and every uh, Sunday. Morning, Scott. What's happening? Not too much, Mike. How are you doing today? Good. Andy Dalton goes to the cow. Goes home really more than anything else. He goes home to be an insurance policy for the Cowboys. And I guess, I guess a good bet. Hey, I'm there. It's a good team. Something could always happen to the quarterback, although he has not been an injury riddled quarterback. He's never missed a game because of injury. And you know, it gives me a chance to kind of stay home for a year. And uh, since it's a homecoming, he's from that area. So, uh, from him, a Place to make a little money, gets $3 million guaranteed, $7 million with, uh if he hits the options and winds up playing a lot. And who knows? You never know. So with quarterbacks, you never know what's going to happen, and uh, he finds himself a home uh, close to home.
0: Yeah, yeah. I actually like this deal for both sides. I, I think the smart thing for the Cowboys, obviously, it's a relatively, again, speaking relatively in-, in quarterback terms, inexpensive insurance policy because it's not just the injury. But right now – Um, I think it's, it's an insurance policy, but it's also a potential leverage play, right? Now, at least, Dak Prescott doesn't seem to have the Cowboys over a barrel because they may not have a player as good as Dak Prescott, but they've certainly got a legitimate, above average NFL starter in the building that if Dak Prescott decides to hold out whatever he chooses to do, and the Cowboys can't get the deal that they want, they've got a legitimate NFL quarterback, and You know, I think, you know, with Andy Dalton, he's a good enough player, but he's certainly got some good offensive minds on him. I mean, the head coach, Mike McCarthy, I mean, Kellen Moore is there, Doug Nussmeyer, Joe Philbin, there's a lot of very good football minds there. So he can go there and get another year of graduate school education, have the potential to play. And the Cowboys have this ability, again, where they're much better protected right now.
1: No question. And, hey, listen, he's had a decent career. I mean, yes. he, you know, he's thrown for 200 TDs. He's thrown for 30,000 yards. He's been a solid. They've had plenty of good games. They just have had a hard time winning the big game.
0: Yeah, and, you know, Mike, they he's had a, I would say, you use the word solid, and I agree with that. And I think he's had at different times to be better than solid. But for whatever reason, the team surrounding him has never been uh, been good enough. I mean, yes, they've won some games. He's played well. But they never got to the place they want to be. They think now that they have the quarterback, it's going to change everything. But one of the things that you find, no matter how great your quarterback is or how good your quarterback is, you have to surround quarterbacks with complete teams. And you can look all around the league and even the greatest quarterbacks of all time. You look at some other aspect of their team and it has been exceedingly strong. And then you see teams that have had average quarterbacks and if they have exceptional, um, you, you know, we go to the Baltimore Ravens, you know, not only with Flacco, but, you know, a couple of their Super Bowls, their defense was so dominant and so opportunistic. Um, I think that this is. going to be an interesting place for him, and he'll have a chance to win because they are surrounded. He's now surrounded, if he plays, by a bunch of really good players.
1: Talking football with uh, Scott Pioli on Sunday morning. Um, Gronkowski, everyone's gotten excited about it, obviously. I always feel that when a guy leaves the sport and comes back, nine times out of ten, and I won't say ten, but nine times out of 10, he's never the same player. He, uh, you know, he's left the routine. He's left the league. He retired. He comes back. I just think that something happens to these guys. It's almost like they become civilized. It's almost like they, they you know, they learn what life is all about. They just don't seem to be the same people when they come back. Now, they're also getting older, too. But I just find mm-hmm. that when they leave the league and come back, they're just not the same anymore.
0: But I think it's a combination of the things that you just mentioned, Mike. You know, it is, they are a year older. Um, their bodies are refreshed. Their minds are refreshed, but in a different way. Because the other point that you bring up, I mean, when you say civilized, the emotional mentality um, that is required and the emotional resilience is is incredible in football. And to wake up every single day, not with just a something hurting, but in true physical pain and to push yourself through that and to say, you know, I just got hit in the mouth. Can I get some more of that, please? Or, you know, you've got a a hairline fracture somewhere and it's like, well, I'm just going to look past it because I've got to play this day. I think what happens with, with players in particular in that year off or in that time off, they get to see, wow, there's so many other things that I can do that I'm capable of doing that maybe I'd like to do that I haven't been able to do because this has been such a structured life and I've had to do everything everything that they do, what they eat, what they their schedule, their vacations, their family time, everything revolves around the game. And it's a very once you get away from that as a player, and again the life without with without pain um or yeah you know, there's always a residual pain right players have this residual pain that sticks with them but the day to day pain and trying to push through and then go out and put your body through it is is unique so with rob you know it, it'll be interesting with him because he's talked openly about how much pain he was feeling how much um he's played you know most of his career you know with pain and injuries he came out of college with that back injury that some people didn't have him on, on their draft board because of the back injury, or certainly had him discounted. So he's talked about that openly, but he's also he's, he's enjoyed the good life and a different life. So it'll be interesting if he can, you know, harness what he had before. Now, right now, it, right this is the new honeymoon. This is the second honeymoon he's on right now, and he's back with Brady, and everything's exciting, and they haven't lost the game yet, he hasn't. Had to be in the training room yet, so it, it'll be really interesting, Mike.
1: Do you think uh, that Belichick has got, can is content to go through next season with the quarterbacks he has on his roster right now?
0: I, I won't say what I what I know he's thinking because I don't know what he's thinking, um, but it's certainly a consideration because he wasn't as active to go out and get. Um, other good serviceable quarterbacks that have been available, um, including Dalton. Uh, To me, it's just a sign that maybe he likes what he has or he thinks he can win with what he has. And, you know, there's also a salary cap situation that they've got out there. And, oh, by the way, there's one other quarterback out there, a veteran quarterback who's had a great deal of success, regardless of what you think about him or whether people like him or don't like him. You know, Cam Newton's still out there. And, yeah, and he's, he, know you know, th-
1: that's a weird fit. I mean, that, you know, but uh, you never say never, but that just seems an odd fit with those two, but you never know.
0: No, you, you're right, Mike. And I even, I was on record several weeks ago saying that it would never happen because they're two very different personalities, right? And they're two different, um, you know, again, I, I think, I don't know Cam Newton personally, but he certainly loves some of the celebrity that comes with it, loves, you know, um, he enjoys the game. He has fun, which I really like and respect, yet he has this um, th- this other part of wanting to be the focus of attention, it seems at times. Bill doesn't doesn't like that, you know, in players. He, he doesn't. Um, he doesn't want anyone in his organization or his team or himself to be that way. So it seems like an odd fit. However, if you're in a one-year situation and – they're waiting to find out who the next quarterback is and there's a transition and it can come at the right deal. One thing I do know in being with Bill, you know, th- those years is we made some we made some moves that people didn't necessarily believe uh, were going to work because we sat with players that we had um, that either had reputations or that we thought we knew that we didn't really know. But then we got to know Corey Dillon. Then we got to know Randy Moss. And some of those things worked out, and, and there were other players that maybe had different reputations. And you know, it, it goes back to the same thing, Mike. Is you, we all have to be very careful about how we judge people and what we think we know about people based on their public celebrity or based on their, you know, their their public behavior or what it appears to be, their public behavior that appears to who they are. Cam Newton may not be. He may be much more livable in the Patriot system than than we believe.
1: Uh, we're talking with Scott Piola, of course. Now this one you know very well because it's Brady, but um, I-, I thought this is ridiculous. P- You've heard a lot of people say, oh look, this is the real Tom Brady now. Look how outward he is. He was, you know, he was not allowed to do that in New England all these years. I find it hard to believe that people sat on Tom, P- Tom Brady's personality in New England. I really find Uh-oh. that hard to believe.
0: I disagree with yeah I agree with you Mike I disagree 100% with people who say that 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 Tom felt or behaved a certain way because it was other people sitting on him as you say that's not it that it's a big part of Tom's personality Tom has been out there before I mean if you go back again 20 years is a long time people have seen they're they're making this um, judgment of Tom or Uh, that they think they know Tom maybe because of the last couple of years. But go back to earlier in his career where he was quiet, but then when there was a little success, you know, he stepped out and did a couple of things here and there. He was outward a little bit more publicly. But then as he found, you know, I don't want to speak for him, but one thing that I do know is, you know, the way that the public reacted to him and treated him um, without knowing him and because whether it was jealousy of people who didn't like this handsome, young, talented, wonderful, incredible human being that people were either jealous of him and, and shot him down, I know that made him step back a little bit. So um, there was a time where he was out a little bit more, and this is just I, – again, I, I forgive me for struggling to say it, but I, I just know – that people in New England, in the New England Patriots, did not... Ask him to not to act a certain way publicly
1: yeah i don't believe i, I don 't believe that for a second i, I you know listen i, I don 't care how much different they think he is now. I just think people are looking at him differently now more than anything else uh, you know they 're just looking at things and they think he outwardly you know recruit you know d- is doing some things that he hasn 't done, but to me, you know what i, I don 't really see that much difference to be honest with you, and i don 't think there'll be that much difference in how he approaches the sport. I think he'll be uh, i 'm sure the same guy he 's been in the past. I agree. I agree, Mike. Um, the sport right now, NFL is putting out the schedule this week. Uh, their, their spokesman has made the statement, hey, we plan to start on time, although they do have a contingency plan. But they are treating what would be business that would be normal the May and June months before you go on your vacation, they are treating that a little differently than in the past. How much of that do you think is a factor? Or is it any way something that would concern you with any of the teams?
0: Well, I think it's a factor, especially for young teams and teams with new coaching staffs, with new front offices, and with, you know, with a lot of – that have had a lot of change in their organization. Because there's, you know, everybody can teach virtually and people are learning, yet there's, with football, there's always this human element. It's just like analytics, right? You can teach analytics, you can show numbers, but there's something to be said about togetherness, camaraderie, teamwork, the physical presence, getting to know people that you're going to have to go through some very, very difficult um, times with on the field, and, and not just situations, but just, you know, Enormous trust issues, and when you're doing things virtually, you can get close to a certain degree, but there's still going to be a, uh, there's still a ceiling on that until you actually live with someone and you spend time with someone and know get to know their idiosyncrasies, they get to know your idiosyncrasies. So I think the people that are all new to one another are going to be the people that are challenged the most, and the teams that are challenged the most. I think learning is going on to a degree. I also think that there's a Some of the younger players where this is maybe prohibitive to their learning, they also have experience in learning this way. So I don't know if that makes sense, Mike, but even though they're not there learning as they would normally, they're more used to learning via zoom and FaceTime and virtually than some of the older players. So some of that, I think may mitigate itself. And, um, so it'll be challenging, but I like what the league is doing. I, I really do. I love what the league is doing. I love what the, the individual clubs are doing, because this is all new, and they're at least making an attempt at trying to be as ready. You know, we talked about this a couple of years, uh, a couple of weeks ago, Mike. When it is time for this country to be ready for football, football will be as ready as it possibly can, because they're pushing these things forward trying to look for alternative ways to
1: prepare. No, I think football will be ready. I don't think there's any question and and I think they'll be ready to go on time. I think they're in the best shape of everybody uh, and and they did a very good job virtually with their draft. It came off very well. They did a they did a really good job. Uh, and you know, they They'll be in very good shape whenever this thing uh you know turns its attention there way. The one thing that's going to be dramatically changed, and you know you scouted it for years, college is unbelievable I mean oh, you yeah. you just you just, you just miss spring football you don't have spring football you don't even know when you're going to get people back on the campus no less so college football's got to be in complete upheaval right now
0: yeah and, and- Again, I've heard talks about they're going to try to make it a spring sport next year. Yeah, they year. even it they,
1: they might back. even play in the spring. Yeah, that's been discussed that they could start they could actually start in January and play through the spring.
0: Right, and that'll have a ripple effect on the NFL of course because if they're playing in the spring, the scouting work isn't done on on this current season, you know, the physical Health of players will be different because their season is ending much closer to the beginning of the twenty twenty one NFL season. You know, if that's the way if this, the cycle is going to go, it'll impact the draft. It'll impact. It'll impact a lot of things. But again, there's a lot of smart people involved that will, you know, there'll be this, this initial ringing of hands. Right? We talked about this a couple of weeks ago, or a month ago, over a month ago. How many leaders and teams were so worried about the draft even taking place. Once people embrace the fact that things are going to move forward and there's a plan, knowing that the plan isn't going to be perfect, you move forward. And it, it, it'll be it'll be quite interesting. But that's where I think, again, Mike, right now, here's what I do know. There's 32 teams, and almost all of those teams, um, certainly the best of those teams, they have their scouts right now um, working on the 2021 draft. Because they know, they will know the the, the 2019 season and tape inside and out. Because they're looking at next year's draft prospects on 2019 tape because they don't know if there's going to be a 2020 college season in the fall or in the spring. But they're getting their work done. Because if it goes to the spring, how many top prospects will decide they won't play? They're just going to sit out and not play their senior year. A lot, I mean, so, and
1: and 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 the big kid, the quarterback, has got a very tough decision to make. I mean, you know, he's he knows he's the number one pick in the draft next year. He's you know he's yeah. coming out next year, no matter what. He's got a very tough decision to make.
0: Yeah, he's got a he's got to make a business decision. Yeah, I, I mean, he really does. And 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 again, that that's where the sport is it's very very different than it was twenty years ago, and even ten years ago. It's been evolving, but they have to make business decisions now. And I used to really push back against things like that. And I didn't like it and I didn't appreciate it. But then when you stand back and you, you look at it, um, what can be lost and how the colleges are using these players and how the colleges are generating revenue and they're really a business as well. You understand the business decision that some of these players um, make, but it's interesting. You know, I talked to a number of scouts leading up to the draft because I was just trying to get some final thoughts and ideas and, You know, I had been watching a bunch of tape myself, and I wanted to ask him. And, you know, I was reminded once again, that two, three weeks before the draft, the college area scouts and regional scouts and national scouts are sitting, you know, whether they're at home or whether they were at their teams, regardless of what kind of draft draft it is, they're already working on the next season and gathering their information. That year-long process has already started, Mike.
1: You know, uh, we're talking with Scott Pioli, of course. Uh, The NFL fans have heard this adage a thousand times. If you make a mistake at the top of the draft, you lose three to five years with your franchise. If you take a quarterback in the top five and he busts, you just saw that Trubisky is not, did not get a vote of confidence from the Bears. They did not take a, pick up his fifth year, which means that he can leave after this year. The only way they can keep him is if they franchise him, which they're not going to do. Uh, and who knows if he even wins the job this year against Foles. The point is, here's a guy who they thought last year he wins 12 games. He plays pretty well uh team plays really well defense gave him the ball in a lot of winning positions that year we know that uh but mm-hmm. uh he put up winning numbers last year he falls off dramatically now the whole world's down on him okay and everyone knows this is when you find out what he's made of uh but what do you, forget him for a second the franchise do you think that adage is always apt about how much a team takes the hit if the quarterback picked that highly? He was picked number two. Does Doesn't make it with the franchise?
0: For the most part, Mike, it is true, unless there's some other good fortune that happens along the way, because if they make that mistake, it is going to set the, it's going to set the franchise back. It's also going to cost people jobs, right? It's either going to cost the front office jobs or it's going to cost the head coach you know, coaching staff jobs. So there's that. There's that. Then there's um, if a team misses on one of those high round or high pick first round draft picks at quarterback, the only other way that they can survive that is having one somewhere through free agency or by good fortune if they picked a fourth or fifth round quarterback um, in, in a different year that develops more quickly, and it's it's different but similar to teams that give enormous extensions to quarterbacks, and that ends up being a mistake because then you've got the salary cap issue. So it it is a real problem. This one was interesting, too, because with the number of, um, you know, one of the bonuses of a first-round pick regardless of the position is that you get that fifth-year option. And as you said, Mike, they decided not to exercise his fifth-year option. Then you've got some other first round quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes, and, you know, who was who picked at a certain point in the draft, and Deshaun Watson. And you have this disparity between.
1: Oh, enormous, yeah.
0: You, you know, where they were picked because, you know, it's more expensive for one pick than it is another. But here's the thing with Trubisky, I would say, is because of where he's picked and what his fifth year option would have been. This doesn't preclude them from if he has a good season or a decent season um, or an encouraging season. This doesn't preclude them from doing a contract with him, a contract extension with him. If he likes Matt Nagy, if he wants to stay in
1: Chicago. If if he he w- but he is free to leave, too. He is free to leave. Yes, he right? is. Yes. Absolutely absolutely yeah. and so, i I don't think he'll even win the job this year i think i think the die is cast there i think he's going i think he's going to lose his job i think he, i think he foles. loses. It. yeah i think foles will beat him out i think yeah. foles, i think i don't even think he'll be playing this year i think he'll be on the bench
0: i think there's a high likelihood that that's the case as well and it's uh you know but like i said, the tough part is with that that they took a big gamble because not only did they take the player but they they traded up to get him right yep. there. There was a lot of currency spent, and I don't mean just cash spent, but draft currency to make that move. And um, and it, and it, at this, thus far, it's not working. So this is one of those things that's going to impact jobs, you know, um, somewhere and somehow. It's Not just Mitch Trubisky's job, but other people's jobs. As
1: well, well, think about them. They take a quarterback number two. Okay that hasn't worked out and then they made a colossal trade which was considered to be a heist of all time and let's be honest it hasn't worked out great for them there either yet it really hasn't the match trade yeah the match trade yeah. hasn't been what they thought it would be
0: it started out that way right remember those first couple of yep. games and that yep. first half of that season he was ter- i mean he was an mvp candidate yep. and then it has quieted down and i and again i believe part of that is the fact that they haven't surrounded Khalil Mack. He's a, he is a dynamic player, tremendous player, and they don't have a lot of great players around him that take some of the pressure off. And that's what I started seeing happen and talking to coaches around the league. What they were doing is people were keying in on Mack. Okay, we've got one guy to stop. And if we stop this guy, there's really not a whole heck of a lot we have to worry about. And that has kind of manifested itself, um, you know, to be true. And, uh, yeah, they made, they made a couple of really big moves, moves, Mike. And, and again, there's another one where they gave up a lot of capital in terms of picks and, and, and certainly currency, you know, actual, you know, cash currency. You, you know, it's interesting. You look back at that 2017 draft, Mike, and that first round. And just, I mean, just look at the top five picks. You know, you and I were talking about last week, you know, Everyone gives out these grades, but you really need a few years, you know, to see how it works out. So now we've been through three seasons and, and the names of the top five picks, you know, Miles Garrett in Cleveland, Mitch Trubisky at Chicago, who again, who they traded up for, Solomon Thomas, right, with the 49ers, Leonard Fournette to Jacksonville, yep. and Corey Davis, the receiver to, the, to Washington. And of those top five picks, I think only one of those players has, you know, where the team has exercised their, their fifth-year option.
1: Uh, absolutely, absolutely true. It's been, it has not been a good group. There's no Absolutely true. Not, not been a good group at all, as a matter of fact. It really surprising.
0: It goes back to my, that's why I'm a firm believer in collecting currency and not trading away picks to get as many picks as you, because those, those people are not dumb people that made those picks. Right? And yep. they were, those were picks were very popular across. A lot of people love those players. And yeah, people say, well, not as a top five pick. I would have t- taken them at eight. And I'm not always sure what that means because when you sit in the chair, uh, it feels very different. But, you know, if you have a lot of picks, you have a lot more chances to get it right because every there's not a GM or head coach that hasn't made personnel mistakes and hasn't made a lot of
1: personnel mistakes. But then there's that, you know, Scott, there's the move that comes that's not even ballyhooed or talked about that changes football completely. And that's like what Kansas City did with Mahomes. There wasn't Mm -hmm. that much talk about Mahomes before that draft. And then all of a sudden, they move up and get this player – And you hear, oh, he's got a freakish arm. He's got that. No one had spent a lot of time on Mahomes. And now Mahomes becomes a generational player. Uh, Not a player, a generational player for the franchise. I mean, we all know Mahomes has already won a Super Bowl. He's already broken records. And he is a young man. I mean, he's going to have an incredible career.
0: Yeah, you know, Mike. It's interesting. You know, you asked a really good question. Uh, I think it was last week or two weeks ago about coaches and scouts and people. Do they like to go to certain places to make picks? Do they like yep. guys from certain programs? And this is where this is something that hasn't been talked a whole heck of a lot about with Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes' tools and skills, and when I say his tools, I'm talking about his physical tools and skills and ability were on display to see and he did some things when you looked on tape people were like wow it, people couldn't believe it yet he was coming out of that texas tech program which with coach leach and then with cliff kingsbury they hadn't had a lot of
1: success no there like, were you know, 500 franchise that was it they scored a lot of points yeah. and they were 500 franchise and they didn't have great success as a team but
0: they're Players that came out of their system. I mean, heck, I was in New England when we drafted Cliff Kingsbury at the Patriots. Right? There were a number of quarterbacks that had these incredible numbers on paper. You know, when you looked at it from an analytics standpoint, it was off the charts. They had receivers. They had everyone wanted their offensive line. But as for years though, as people took offensive linemen, receivers, and quarterbacks from that program, none of them succeeded greatly, and they all had a far different career in the NFL than what their college careers would have indicated. What, and the reason I'm telling the story is because that was the thing that I heard all the scouts, and I even asked questions in the meetings. Okay, is this guy really this good?
1: Or, or is, is it just the system? Numbers? Is it the system?
0: Right. Is it, right. Go back, Mike, it, You know, uh, uh, the generation before that. Yep. When we were talking about all the, the, the run-and-shoot quarterbacks, right? Yep. The guys that came out of the universe. So there was this, this whole idea where, again, going back to your question from a week ago, that actually can work for someone, but it can also work against them. And I think that's a big part of what was happening with Patrick Mahomes was that the system was the fact that he had so much success, he was coming from a system that hadn't had successful
1: pros. And I don't know who saw what there, but it's, it's the same thing. Dick Rabin and your guys see something in Tom Brady, pound the table, and change the fortunes of the franchise. Somebody sees something in him. Now, way different. They take Mahomes in the first round. They take Brady on the sixth round. The point is, they see something in this Mahomes. People weren't pushing Mahomes in before that draft at all. And now all of a sudden they see something in Mahomes and look what he becomes. I mean, so there's somebody who saw something in that, in that player and, and somebody had a conviction. Maybe it was Andy. I don't know if it was, I maybe it was somebody else in that franchise, but the point is that sometimes there's these game changing, you know, uh, you know, observations made.
0: Yeah. I from my understanding was Andy liked the player and the person that really loved the player was Brett Veach. And Brett was was not the GM at the time. Um, I, I believe Dorsey was still the GM when they picked him. I could be wrong, but I believe he was there. That, it, was during that tra- or it was during that transition time. But Brett Veach loved this player from everything that I understand, from people in that building and what I've read. And then there were a number of other important um, you know, scouts and coaches that really liked the player. And the thing was there was this collaborative belief of, yeah, we really like this player. We love the person, and Andy knew it was someone he could work with. So, again, that that was it was a brilliant decision by Kansas City because they made a collaborative decision. And you know, when you have a coach like Andy, uh, there's not a whole lot of quarterbacks um, that Andy Reid has worked with that haven't gotten better and haven't improved. But but again, whether I'm not certain, but the, the, the people that tell me things from there say that Brett Beach was, was you know, the number one flag carrier for
1: the homes. Listen, thanks very much. We'll talk next week. Thanks. Appreciate it. Enjoy your week. Thanks. for Be safe. Right. Thanks. Thanks, Mike. Scott Pioli, back after this.
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours